the, the picture here is the woman Israel, and this is, this is speaking, this is last day prophecy. Okay, I believe this is happening during the tribulation, the three and a half years uh, that is described there, the times, times, and half a time, three and a half year period, that's the last half of the tribulation, it's called the great tribulation. So there is this um, persecution that comes from the dragon, essentially the nations that, you know, that he leads against Israel, but it says here that the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, and some people have said that's the United States. It's interesting, right? What is our national symbol? Yeah, what is the American Airlines? What is their symbol? It's, it's an eagle. So some people said this is a rescue mission the United States brings. Again, uh, look, I'm not standing here today and saying this is exactly what I believe. This is where, you know, you're, you're getting into some, you know, some areas that are not clear. Maybe we'll understand it. If we're here, hopefully we're not <laughs> during that time. Isaiah chapter 32, verses 2 and 3, and then Zechariah chapter 12, 1 through 3. Uh, here, it would be an indication that we are just part of the nations that come against Israel. So it says in Isaiah chapter 34, verse 2 and 3, for the indignation of the Lord is against all nations and his fury is against all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has given them over to the slaughter. Also their slain shall be thrown out. Their stench shall rise from their corpses and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. And it's speaking again, a great horde of nations that will come against Israel in the last days. They will be destroyed. Zechariah chapter 12, 1 and 3 uh, the burden of the word of the Lord against Israel, thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens. By the way, stretches out the heavens. If you, um, if you study science, you understand the heavens are being stretched. <laughs> and they're still stretching. It's an interesting, uh, I mean, when, when this was written, people didn't have an idea or a concept of what that is. And it's repeated over and over again. You know, Bible tells us that the earth is round. And that the, the earth basically is moving through our solar system. And the sun is actually moving through the galaxy. There's passages that, that say that. So if you're wondering, like you get into Pascal or Copernicus or Dun Scotus, um, some of the, the, the scientists, they were very influenced by what the Bible said to discover it in, you know, the material cosmos. So he, so he goes on. Uh, he lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding people. Jerusalem will call this, uh, cause this drunkenness, this, it's like, in a sense, you ever see the way a drunk acts? They act in foolishness and sanity. You can look at the world and what's happening right now with this. And when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all peoples, all who uh, heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all the nations of the earth are gathered against it. And again, all the nations of the earth, could America be one of these united nations that come against Israel? And that, again, is what, you know, some scholars believe. One nation, right, against many nations that come right now. In fact, if you look against the opposition of the world's nations, I don't know, what, about 200 different nations in the world. The nations that have come out and are taking a stand with um, Israel, the United States, England, France, uh, the Czech Republic, Australia, and Norway. And, um, and there's one South American nation, I don't know, it's El Salvador, um, Uko Kelly, I think maybe he, was, he came out and stood, stood with Israel. The rest of the world is either silent or coming out in direct opposition to Israel. 
So another one, Revelation chapter 18. Anybody who's ever read Revelation 18, you know, they've, they've come back and, you know, you're thinking to yourself, boy, it sounds like the United States. In fact, it sounds like New York. <laughs> and uh, it, in Revelation 18, you also find this in Jeremiah chapter 51, 52. America is the land of Babylon that is described, okay, in those passages. Revelation chapter 18, verses 1 through 3 after these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon, the greatest fallen, is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. You look at uh, America, our, our export. You know, again, what, I, I, I am a very patriotic American, and I believe, you know, what America has done, World War I, World War II, the freedom, we, we, we fought, we, we fought against, right, the oppression, the Nazis, right, the communism. But we've also become an exporter of our filth, Hollywood, pornography. Um, we, you know, you look at the, the lifestyle, our materialistic, secular lifestyle are, is what the peoples of the world, I mean, they, they want to have a part of that. Why do you think they're flooding over the borders? They want this, I mean, we, we have been blessed, blessed by God with incredible materialism. But the materialism has possessed us, or possessed most. But that is a, a, the picture. You can read Revelation 18, and it goes on, and it, it really is an incredible, a incredible prophecy. I don't believe that's America, okay? But um, I believe it's the system, a corrupt system that, you know, has essentially corrupted the world, which all the way goes back to Nimrod and Tower of Babel. Uh, Ezekiel 38.18, this is an interesting passage. I, I touched on it last week. Uh, Actually, I'm sorry. It's Ezekiel 38:13. Sheba, Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish. Sheba, Dedan is the is the Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, uh, and the merchants of Tarshish and all their young lions, young leaders, will say to you, "Have you come to take plunder?" So this is the invasion of of again uh, Magog, and you know Gog has led this invasion. Have you come to take plunder? They're on the sidelines. They're not involved with the uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 invasion. Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to take great plunder? So I want you to look here. We, we know Sheba and Dedan. The merchants of Tarshish, what, you know, and where was Tarshish? So here, to go to the book of Jonah, uh, you will see essentially what we can... We could surmise, we're not, we don't have exact, you know, there, there aren't some exact maps or anything in this, you know, time period. But we know that it seems that Tarshish would have been the southern part of Spain. Right where, you know, you have, you know, Gibraltar, the Rock of Gibraltar. And um, that's, I, I think that is probably the most accurate. Now, there are some who say that Tarshish is Great Britain. And the young lions of Great Britain would be who? The United States, Canada, right? Australia. You look at, we'll come, I just want to show you, that 
This is um, a four-point argument made that Tarshish is Great Britain. So uh, the argument is from Jonah chapter 1-3, Tarshish is west of, of Joppa. So again, that would move it you know, across the, you know, the Mediterranean to the west. Tarshish is an island nation. Uh, Psalm 72 verse 10, Isaiah 23 verse 6. Little problem with that because it, it is translated by some of the translators as being um, an island. But you go into, you go into um, Strong's Concordance, and the word is, is, um, that is translated isles, okay, is actually speaks about a, habit a, a habitable spot. So it's kind of stretching it to call it an island when it, it you know, again, is describing a place just simply where people dwell. Um, Tarshish is a, is a, a maritime you know, power, the great navy. There's no question about that, Isaiah 2.16. And then Tarshish traded tin with Tyre. And that is from Ezekiel chapter 32, verse 12. And they go through the, the, the history period, the Phoenicians. The Phoenicians were, were an incredible naval force uh, in, the time, in the time of Rome. And essentially the Phoenicians obtained tin in southwestern Britain. So they, again, take this that Tarshish was a place to make tin. The, the, the issue, again, with that, they use Ezekiel 37, verse 12, and what it tells us about um, the actual um, tin, tin was also included with silver, iron, and lead, which um, England was not basically digging out of the ground. So again, it's kind of, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's stretching scripture. I want to just say, one of the dangers that we have in interpreting scripture, we let our belief shape the scripture instead of letting the scripture shape our beliefs. I just want to say this to you, be careful with this. I deal this frequently with people in, you know, in counseling. They, they, are looking right at the scriptures through, the, again, their lens. We all have this. We have our own paradigm. We, we view things through our own lens. So they're viewing scripture through their own eyes. And essentially, they're interpreting it according to their beliefs instead of, again, scripture being looked at, and looked at very carefully, looking at the context that it was written in, the period that it was written in, the person who had, you know, who had written it, and understanding not just the you know, immediate context, but the remote context of the entire Bible and what's being said, because you can pluck a verse out of Scripture. I mean, we can, listen, we all believe we're saved by grace through faith, right? Well, I can pull some verses out of Scripture that seem to be saying that we're saved by works. So, again, if you're not understanding all of Scripture, I mean, it could really mess you up. And I think that's, again, when I start to look at some of these prophetic interpretations, that's what I see. So uh, Ezekiel 39, verse 9, uh, took, take a look at this. We took a look at this last week. In Ezekiel 39, verse 9, and it, again, it talks about this battle that happens, okay, with Israel and Magog. But it says, I will send fire on Magog and on those who live in security in the coastlands. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Again, coastlands. You have... The three continents, you have Asia, Africa, and Europe, essentially, you see, there's a landlock there. Okay, you know, it's a separated, right, but the, the Dead Sea, um, the Red Sea, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a, a deadlock, uh, you know, a landlock there. But what other coastlands? 
And this is kind of a sobering passage because, I mean, the coastlands, Greenland, Iceland, uh, North America, South America, Australia, I mean, some of the smaller, you know, coastland islands. And that's where, you know, again, the interpretation is that there will be some type of an exchange uh, where either God is going to just rain down fire on the coastlands or there will be some type of a nuclear conflict. You know, if you, if you go online, you put in the nuclear clock. There's a group of scientists that, you know, they, they tell us where we are on the nuclear clock. If you look at the nuclear clock, and again, these are not Christians. These are secular people. But they have our nuclear clock literally minutes from 12 midnight right now. That they believe we are in one of the greatest periods of danger of there being a nuclear conflict that there have been in history, including the 1980s. And I don't know, some of you remember the 1980s with Reagan and, um, you know, Gorbachev? I mean, I say I go, go to bed every night and pray because I thought nukes, nukes were going to be falling on my head with what was going on with the, you know, with the conflict that was there. So, those are those are some scripture verses. Okay, now I just want to I want to just share some things again. Uh, America in prophecy, and again, there is no clear mention of America in the prophetic picture in the last days, which tells us something has to happen. Right, because we're just—I mean, we're—we're we're a player. We're—we're—I mean, we're a central player in the world. We're in the world news. Okay, not just the American news. We're in the world news. We're uh, uh, just a major player. So something happens that either weakens America. Uh, it could be economic. It could be moral. It could be military. So um, again, some of the—again, these are some of the ideas that that you find amongst. You know, Christian teachers. One is, and by the way, secular teachers too, an economic collapse. So our our national debt right now, and I just read this, it's it's thirty three trillion seven hundred billion dollars. That's how much America is in debt. And there are a lot of economists who believe that we're heading for an economic collapse. You know, some some are saying, I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to um, Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio is the most successful hedge fund trader in, in the history of uh, Wall Street. He twenty billion dollars in five years that he made. He made you know billions more for his clients. Uh, Ray Dalio had just written a book about just certain. It's actually a worthwhile book to read. Certain periods of history and how there's these cycles that repeat themselves. He feels we could be heading to an economic collapse by 2027. Some people are putting it off a little bit further, but there, there tends to be an agreement that we, unless something is done with what's going on, we will have an economic collapse. We are, we are eroding economically. The middle class in America is shrinking, is diminishing. And uh, right now, too, China and Russia are doing some things to basically devalue the dollar. The dollar still is, right? The petrodollar, based upon oil, right? The petrodollar is still the number one currency in the world. But there is a lot of things that are happening with Putin and with China to basically devalue the dollar and crush it. I don't know if you, you, know, you know this. Your, your dollars, okay, you take your dollars, you put them under your mattress. A year later, 
your dollars will be worth about, and it could be anywhere right now, and though they say inflation's at 4%, it's gonna be somewhere between six to 8%. So what was worth $100 will be worth 94 or $92. The next year, again, it shrinks by six to 8%. That's why even, even if you're, you know, you're, you're in CDs and you're getting 5.5%, it's likely that you're actually losing money and um, you know you could be in uh, T bills that are yielding right now about 5.6. But I know I don't know if you know that you were going to get an economic lesson from me tonight. But it's that that's the shrinking. The dollar is becoming less and less valuable in compared to other currencies. And if you study if you study economics and you understand currencies, all currencies eventually come to an end. They all they all come to an end at some point. And you just you look through history. Everything will eventually reach its its end, and a lot of people feel that that's where we're going with um, with what's happening with the dollar. So an economic collapse. Another is a moral collapse, and um, just we're seeing. Obviously, I think we're seeing before our eyes a a moral collapse in our country. Just want to give you a, give you a little history. Rome essentially was not defeated from without; it essentially crumbled from within. And Rome's, the, the moral, uh, the, you know, the moral foundation, Rome was an incredibly moral culture after they conquered the Greeks. And it's interesting, they conquered the Greek culture, but the Greeks' morals and ethics conquered the Romans. So what, what happens with, with, with Rome, again, you have this moral freefall, homosexuality, pedophilia, uh, adultery, the destruction of the traditional family, Right? Um, at this obsession with pleasure and obsession with entertainment, they were obsessed with the theater, and they were which was like pornography, and they were obsessed with the Colosseum, with the gladiatorial games, and essentially, when um, you know, if it's, you look at, I mean, early on before Rome fell, Nero, right? He played his fiddle while Rome burned. I look at America and its leaders; they're playing their fiddle while America burns. It's really is it you know it's it's tragic and it's it, it makes you angry, but uh, ultimately, um, Rome was you know was conquered with without really much of a battle, and you had the tribes from the north the the Visigoths, the Vandals, the Anglo's, the Saxons, the Franks came down and they just basically entered. It was like Rome the Rome Rome opened the doors because they had lost their stomach for fight, to fight. And they just let them in. And I think that's, that's exactly what's happening in America. I'll say something to you. We haven't won a war since World War II. Stop and look at what's been going on. We've entered into all kinds of wars. Our boys and girls have died in those wars. We literally lay them down in sacrament. I mean, it's, it's just... I would not want my son in the military. And I come from a, a family of military people, proud military people, who fought, and I would not want my son in the military right now, just because of who he would be serving under. And that goes for the people in Washington, who I, I think, you know, they can, they can talk about how they love our soldiers. I don't think they value our soldiers. I feel sorry for these kids. And look at what happened in, a, you know, in Afghanistan. But I, I think that again, a, a more literally the moral destruction of America is happening from within, and that could be very well 
why we are not mentioned in prophecy. Here's another one, natural disasters, okay? Uh, we see so many natural disasters that have hit our country. Tornadoes, wildfires, droughts, hurricanes, earthquakes, floods. Maybe there's some type of, of cataclysmic event that happens. The uh, Bible talks about, it seems like, meteors hitting the earth or comets hitting the earth, something, uh, you know, rattle like that, or a volcanic eruption. How many of you, you know, you know there is a massive volcano in Yellowstone Park. You ever see that, that beautiful, right, it's like that, that beautiful pond. That's, that's basically on top of a volcano. And uh, that, that thing, that sucker goes, I mean, you know, we had Mount St. Helens back in, what was it, 1980. But something like that. And by the way, keep an eye on Iceland. Iceland's about to blow its cork. There's massive cracks happening throughout the, uh, you know, the island. And they're going to have a huge volcanic eruption in the next few days. Uh, another, uh, another scenario is that we're part of the New World Order. Again, we're just absorbed into the nations. We become one of many nations that eventually turns against Israel. And with what is happening in our country, I saw it today, 80% of Americans were in favor of Israel. 20% are in favor, like I said, the Palestinians, Hamas. So there's still a lot of, you know, of favor. But I look at our politicians, man, they just, they just waver. They say one thing and then they say another. And you tell Israel, Israel's fighting war. They're fighting the war of their life. And they're telling them that they need to uh, take a five-day break. You know, when you're fighting, you're fighting somebody. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a break. They're going to keep fighting. They keep firing their missiles at you, and it's uh, crazy, right? Here's another um, that the U.S. will be one of the ten-nation confederacy led by the Antichrist. So Daniel two, Daniel seven, Revelation chapter thirteen, fourteen, seventeen talks about this ten-nation confederacy that arises in the last days, a revived Roman Empire. Uh, some people uh, believe it could be 10 geographical areas, some that it will be 10 nations that come directly out of, out of Europe, the old Roman Empire. The Antichrist, he's described in Daniel chapter 7. He is the little horn, and uh, he will be leading this uh, confederacy, and that we will be, again, a part of that. that. If you look at that, that basically leaves open the possibility that the Antichrist could come out of the United States. Which again, I've always looked at the Antichrist coming out of Europe. Uh, okay, another, America would be destroyed in a nuclear war. Again, going back to uh, Ezekiel 39. Or that we get hit with an EMP. You know, they talk about this in Congress. I don't know if you've, you've seen some of the different things on the news. An EMP is an electromagnetic pulse. It's essentially a nuclear bomb that would be set off at a very high altitude over the country. How many of you are, hand, uh, are holding handheld devices right now? They won't be working. Your car will not be working. You will not have electricity. You will not have gas flowing to heat your home. Uh, everything. It just fries everything. There's one thing you can do that they say will protect your electrical devices is to put them into a big tin garbage can. So get a big tin garbage can, put it by your bed, and every night take your computer and your phone and put it in the garbage can. The problem is when you wake up the next morning, there ain't going to be no, no internet anyway, so you ain't going to be able to talk to anybody. 
But it basically would, what, what an EMP would do, it would basically put us back probably 150 years. You know, you'd heat your, you have to heat your house by, you know, by wood. No food is coming. There's no food coming to the, to, you know, to the shopping stores. I mean, it would be, it would, it would just take a matter of a few days before you would have complete chaos. And um, this is a, a picture. You know who's threatened? North Korea has threatened to hit us with an EMP. China. By the way, you see the balloon that China flew over the United States? Oh, yeah. But I think also that was a, a little test. You can set off an EMP by a balloon. And a uh, little test of America. And, of course, our, our military knows this. And they didn't want to say anything because they don't want to alarm, you know, Americans like I'm doing to you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> This is what an, an EMP, this is how uh, a North uh, Korean EMP could affect the uh, U.S. electrical grid. And if you look here, there's not a whole lot of places to hide. Northern Maine. We have relatives in Northern Maine. Maybe we'll be heading up to Northern Maine. <laughs> but that's, that right now, on, at least outside of Alaska and Hawaii, it would basically shut down everything in the country. And uh, and you have you know, you know you have senators and Congress you know congressmen congresswomen they're talking about this stuff in meetings that these are things that they're concerned about and um, let me get a little more optimistic with you the rapture the rapture the rapture happens uh, either before or at the beginning of the tribulation I I. Look, I don't know. We may see Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. We may not. The rapture may happen, I mean, before it, it could happen during it. But the thought here is, is that, I mean, sometimes the people who are using this, um, this idea that there are so many Christians in America. Why was it? Like 78% of people in America claims to be Christian. How many people do you really know who claim to be Christian who are Christians? I came from a family. Everybody was a Christian. And I don't think they were Christians. And, uh, hey, I had uncles who were in the mafia who went to church and said they were Christians. Had a woman who was truly converted to Christ. And one of the brothers here in the church, we brought her to the Life Advocates. Um, it was the Life Advocates dinner. She was the speaker. She was from down in Texas. But she was raised in a Baptist family. She went to church every Sunday, and she tithed. She was making $8,000 a week running an abortion mill down in Texas. But, right, she said, I'm a Christian. But um, I think that that's, you know, again, everybody's a Christian. But who is truly a Christian? He said, you'll know them by what? By their fruits, not by their confession. So let me, I, I, I want to show you, I want to show you one more thing, and I'm going to wrap it up. So uh, essentially talk to you about this. A nation under judgment, because I believe we are under judgment. Right? And you can look at, you can look at everything, from, you know, natural disasters, you look at, you know, the tornadoes, and they keep, you know, I said this, when I go through prophecy, it's getting worse. The, the, you know, the floods in, you know, in America. You know, the, 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 the hurricanes. You can go through and, and look at the droughts, right, out in the, uh, in the southwest. Fi you know, wildfires that are happening. And um, then you look at, you know, the, the, the social unrest in the country. The, the, you know, these protests, the, the, but there was a protest, mostly um, Jews and Christians protested in Washington. There was not one act 
of violence or, you know, nobody was attacked, nobody hurt anybody. You look at these, um, these protests that have been going on, you know, they're, they're destroying buildings, they're d destroying cars, they're setting things on fire. It's the same, you know, same old, it's like these, they need an excuse to just vent. I don't even think that most of these people even know what they believe. But I, I want to show you, when it comes to judgment, we always think, again, we think of a natural disaster. Okay, we think of something, you know, people are dying. It's, you know, God is, you know, afflicting. But essentially, when we look at America, and again, the death of moral values is judgment. If you understand Romans chapter 1, let me just, let, let me just show you this. In Romans 1, it begins by talking about people who totally reject God. They reject God as creator, right? They're, they're rejecting like the very, like God has put within every human being a still small voice. He's trying to reach people. Just like, like, like you know, Elijah. You know, God, there, there's a, a moral consciousness that I believe every human being has. They can suppress it. They can remove it. I mean, they can just squash it, and, you know, they can become absolute demons in the things that they do. So Romans 1 is saying they, they basically, the people have rejected God. They've rebelled against God. They're resisting God. So then when you come to verse 24 through, um, through verse 32, three times it says, and God gave them up. God abandoned them. This is a judgment. Like God says, you, you want to have your immoral life, go ahead, have it. You, you're going to become the most decrepit, the most, you know, uh, just debauched, the most demoralized person in, in, you know, in the world. Go ahead, you want, you want your sin, you don't want me, here, here's, here's your life. And he, again, he abandons. So watch, watch, it says, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up. And this is where most Christians focus in on verse 26 through 27. So it says, God gave them up to vile passions for their, uh, even uh, their women exchanged the natural use for what is un, uh, against nature, likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which is due. So it's talking about you know homosexuality, sodomy. Okay, so that's where they they forget to read verse thirty-eight to thirty-two, because look look at what verse thirty-eight and thirty-two says. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over, right? Third time. But look what it says here now. He gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, uh, sexual immorality. Okay, not just homosexuality, right? Not just, you know, sodomy. You get into, you know, you're talking about pornography. You're talking about bestiality talking about pedophilia, you're talking about adultery, you're talking about fornication. So he says, I, I, I gave them over. This is God, he's saying, I'm, I'm, giving you, I'm giving up on you. Wickedness, covetiveness, uh, maliciousness, full of envy, murder. We're, we're a nation, man, the, the blood. 
bothers me when there's a, they call them a mass shooting, mass shootings, three people, four people more. Look what happened, the, the horrible thing that happened up in Maine. Like 20 kids getting shot and killed in Chicago every week. Now, I, I have a problem with that. Is it because they're black? And these people who are being killed were killed in the mass shooting were white? Because they don't report on those things. Every week in, in Chicago. Oh, yeah, it's happening in New York. It's happening in Memphis. But does anybody care? I think there's, there's some preachers who care in those cities. But just we, we become a, a, a nation of, of, of blood. And that bothers me when I see those little kids' faces. So a little boy, little boy, I think it was a Spanish kid down in um, Texas. Did you see this? Some animal beat the little six-year-old boy with a bat to death. The kid just died yesterday. You know, that just, it, it, it's just crazy. Strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, Inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do they the same, but also approve. And naturally, they approve of those who practice them. But that, you know, so when you're looking at our country, I saw this, saw this today, <laughs> down in, it was in Memphis, there was a big FedEx truck and um, they got stuck in traffic, and the people came. They apparently didn't have the door locked, and they just started stealing everything out of the back of the truck. Now think about this, right? They, they're closing Target stores and Walmart. They're closing all these stores because people are going in and stealing everything. And the, these stores, I think Target lost some outrageous numbers, like over a few billion dollars, with you know due to theft. And um, so, but now. They're going after the FedEx trucks and the Amazon trucks. We ain't going to be able to get anything. I ordered a toilet bowl seat. I'm wondering if it was on that truck because I didn't get it today. Your Christmas gifts, they ain't coming. Somebody stole them on the truck. It's just crazy. I'm talking, talking I, I never imagined that we would be talking about these things in this time. All right, just a final note, right? I don't want you to have nightmares. Okay. Now you know what? Let me just let me just stress this to you. We live in this crazy world. What did you know? Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three, "These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world." You have to center your life in the Prince of Peace, and you can have peace. You can have peace in the middle of the storm. Right? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, I thank you for your word. I, Lord, we look at these things, and again, I in no way, Lord God, um, claim, Lord God, to know, Lord God, the things that are going to happen and how they're going to happen. I do know this, though, Lord God. You said that you are coming, and that you're coming for your bride. And that, Lord God, our heart should not be troubled but that we would know, Lord God, that, Lord, there is a day when you're coming to take us to be with you. We pray and hope, Lord God, 
that that day will be before some of the things that we've discussed today. But if not, Lord, you're with us and you will give us the strength. Lord, you will give us the endurance to be able to deal with what we have to deal with, as you always have and as you always will. So, Father, I ask a blessing upon all. May they go home tonight and have peace in their sleep. For in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.